2: Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Thursday, March the 16th, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips, your host of the Daily Crow, of the Spurs Up show. What is going on? I see Bruin Nation, Stephen Boyle Jr., Stephanie Lee, Xavier, what's up? Also, those in the Big Cot Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel, be sure your questions are answered there. We are rocking here on this Thursday. A huge Thursday is, yes, Greg Bedinger in the BCC, Keith in the BCC, March Madness. It officially begins, arguably, the best weekend of the calendar year for sports fans. As March Madness gets going the first couple of rounds, basketball all day long on the tube. And my bracket is officially filled out. I have got the Purdue Boilermakers. Cutting down the nets in Houston. would love to talk your bracket. We can talk all things college basketball if you like. Also, of course, South Carolina preparing to begin SEC play tomorrow in Athens, Georgia. Just got off our great conversation with Inside the Gamecocks. Appreciate those guys, JB, JC, and Phil having me on the airwaves. And also, of course, we've got JC Sherbert joining the show at 1.15 today as we'll talk with him again, of course, all things Gamecocks Again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Happy Thursday. Hope you're having a fantastic week and really, really excited to dive into everything today. Guys, of course, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go down to the Price Picks app, go to PrizePicks.com, and when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 Guys, anything and everything you can think of, they've got it over at Prize Picks. Uh, be sure to check them out. College Sports, Pro Sports, of course, everything March Madness as well. They've got all the games there. So I know right now you're playing spreads, you're playing totals, you're playing futures, but be sure you're also playing with our friends over at Prize Picks. So many fans and listeners of the Daily Crow have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks. So again, go download the app or go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use that promo code. T-S-U-S, to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Also, guys, hey, SEC baseball actually begins tonight as we got some great games taking place. Florida and Alabama, and also Texas A&M and LSU. Some fantastic ball games later tonight in the SEC slate. And then, of course, it all gets going tomorrow officially as everyone will be in action. They have not announced yet, guys, but it looks like the Gamecocks probably will not play tomorrow. It's looking more like a doubleheader on Saturday due to weather in Athens. Looks like it's going to be 100% chance of rain. We're also going to get rain here in Greenville. I guess Greenville to Athens is not that far away. But uh, 100% chance of rain, so looking like It will probably be a Saturday doubleheader and then game three on Sunday. We shall see. There has not been an official announcement as of yet. Uh, Panic Ritter. What's going on, Panic Ritter? Panicking is normal. He says two things. Why are we losing so many basketball players? Again, also, Panic Ritter mode has hit for the ladies. These guys scare me in these upset games. Uh, I don't think you have much to be worried about, Panic Ritter. Why are guys leaving the basketball program? I mean, guy, panic ridder. When, when guys aren't playing, they want to go play, right? They're not playing. So they want to go seek playing time. I can't really blame any of the dudes who have left. Either way, guys, phone lines are open. Eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. 3377 That's eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. 790 Also, guys, in case you missed it, the brand-new merchandise that will be sold exclusively on tour will drop today at 2.30 in a special release video. Very, very excited to make you guys aware. Hey, we are one week away exactly from the start of the TSUS Spring Tour at the various Carolina Alehouse locations across the state of South Carolina. Absolutely thrilled to get that going. And with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the phone lines. Skyland, what's up, man? How are you?
3: What's up, bro? How you doing?
2: I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? I got
3: Houston winning the bracket
2: tournament. Very nice. Love that. Love that. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, man. I did not fill out my bracket until like 10 minutes ago, right before the show started. I jumped on inside the Gamecocks, and they asked me, who you got winning the national championship? I I said, guys, admittedly, I I don't know. I haven't even filled out a bracket yet. So I I was like, you know what I think, though? I think I've put myself in a great position because – When you actually try, that's when your bracket gets screwed up. So I've waited to the very last second. I I just off the cuff, I know nothing about most of these teams, just picking randomly, picking random upsets. And uh, that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with. So we'll see if it plays out again. I got Purdue winning it all. I have no idea. I could not name one player on Purdue's team. But I guarantee you I'll do just as good, if not better, with that mentality. Than I would if I really sat there and made picks and, and did all this research. So we shall see, we shall see, my friend.
3: I just took the little information bubble that they had when you picked the games, and it's told you just a little bit about both teams how many points they score per game, mm-hmm. and how many points they gave up, and how much, how many wins and losses they have versus the top 25.
2: Gotcha, you know, yeah, that, that, that will help you do it. That'll help you do it, no doubt. So we anyway, uh, we will see. I'm
3: excited for this weekend for sure.
2: Yeah, no, I'm excited too, man. SEC play getting going. I'm I'm really pumped to uh to sort of start start to find out what this team's all about. Looks like the, from the
3: stats I've seen, it looks like everything's pretty close with Georgia.
2: Yeah, I mean they're hitting 337 as a club. They are tearing the cover off the baseball. I I, I think where South Carolina is going to be able to expose Georgia is. You know, I think your pitching depth is a major advantage in this one. Um, you know, Georgia going to feature great arms to, uh, probably on Saturday in the double header. but uh, Jaden Woods and Liam Sullivan. Liam Sullivan dude, 3-0 with a 0.44 ERA. He's been electric this year. But you look at that bullpen, and I think the deeper you can get in that pen, I think South Carolina will have the advantage. And I think they'll be able to, to hit the dogs around a bit, but it's all about getting in the bullpen, right? So, uh, it's going
0: to –
2: yeah, exactly. I mean, it's going to be a great weekend of baseball. I, I truly think so. Again, I got the Gamecocks taking two of three, but I'm expecting a very hard-fought series against a Georgia team that, while they may not be great, I think will be a pesky ball club this year. I agree.
3: I'll tell you this: I go in every weekend, <coughs> and I'm I going to pick the Gamecocks to it. <coughs> that should just be expectation.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for South of baseball, you should never go into a series expecting to lose in regards to, you know, inside the building, what have you. But, uh, you know, I, I can't make any guarantees what I'll pick every single weekend. But, uh, I mean, listen, you've put yourself in a great position, right? 17-1 and one overall record. You've put yourself in a position to where, you know, heading into SEC play, we should feel good. We should feel confident. This team should be – should be very, very confident, right, going into conference play. So, I'm confident as well. Um, I'm excited to get it going. Like I said, you know, it's – loved what we saw in the non-conference, right? I I love seeing the guys pick on lesser opponents. But now we get to start learning about what this team is really all about against the best competition.
3: Right. Uh, I'm curious to think – I'm, I'm sure they're going to stick uh, Sanders Hall and Mahoney.
0: I'm I'm sure.
2: Yeah, they've already dropped it. They've already dropped it. It is Sanders Hall and Mahoney. Yeah. I, I just, again, I, like I told people, I, I think that they're going to give Will Sanders an opportunity to um, – they're going to give him an opportunity in SEC play. I, I don't see any changes coming before two, three weeks in SEC play and, um, you know, going from there. So, now I think they're going to continue. I, I think they believe in Will Sanders. How about Georgia, by the way? Just went over to Twitter. Georgia is actually TBA on Sunday. Um, Nolan, I think Nolan Crisp is his name, <clears throat> has been starting for them on Sundays, but he was he had like a seven point one four ERA. So Georgia is TBA on Sunday. So again, from the pitching side, the Gamecocks have the advantage. It's no doubt.
3: I'm I'm really uh uh really ready to see if uh, how how we fare versus teams that don't walk us a lot and we can't get home runs. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we can, you know, cluster some base hits, steal some bases, hit and runs, run mm-hmm. some base. I'm, yeah. I'm just ready to see us play against better competition. Mm-hmm.
2: No, for sure. I mean, because, listen, in SEC play, you're going to have to grind out victories, right? You're going to have to grind out wins, like t- tomorrow or, um, you know, Saturday, whenever you play, you know, there's going to come moments where you got to win a game three to two you got to win a game four to three, and it's just can you do it, right? You're going to have a runner on third with less than two outs. You're going to have situational hitting. You know, South Carolina leads the country in home runs. That's great. That's awesome. But an SEC play, you know, you you, you want the long ball to continue, and I think it will continue. I I don't think this lineup is – I think this lineup has more staying power than that 2021 group did, who I think were much, much more feast or famine than this group is. So I think the home runs will continue, but it's all about the productivity when the home runs aren't happening. Can you still be productive, right? You're going to face elite arms who are going to keep you up at bay. They're not going to necessarily let you leave the yard at the rate at which you've done so. Are you still able to find a way to win? That's what's going to determine your success in SEC play. I agree. I
3: am decided to say, Uh I really hate it for Kevin Madden to leave. But, you know, there might be a few more that starts uh, rolling out. Yeah,
2: for sure. Now, I I, I I think it's interesting, the timing. But, you know, I actually got to talk to Kevin Madden later yesterday, and he, he informed me that uh, he has not quit the team. He is taking a medical red shirt. And uh, if he is healthy enough to continue his baseball career, uh, he's probably going to try to go elsewhere and do it. But the guys had four surgeries in the last year. So I think the initial report that said like he was quitting or whatever is, is not, it's not accurate at all. And it has to do with injuries and that's, that's why he's doing it. So um, you right. hate it. You hate it for him. I mean, he he's just really gone through the ringer when it comes to trying to stay healthy. So. Mm-hmm. Skyline, you there, my man? Yeah, I'm still here. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, uh,
3: I hope everything works out for us, and uh, most definitely excited to see the game cause mm-hmm. play this weekend.
0: Yeah,
3: uh, I hope everybody enjoys some March Madness. And uh, I'm sorry I got distracted. I was dealing with oh, you're issue. good. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, like I said, I hope the bats stay hot. We swing it; would we'll be just fine every weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how we play on the road because when we played at Clemson, we did not look too good. And I'm just, you know, stay hot, stay where you need to be, win two out of three. If you sweep, that's great. I'm not asking for no sweep because sweeping teams is hard, but just two out of three. Yeah. Just two out of three.
2: For sure. Anyway. For sure.
3: Go Cox. Let's get a dub this weekend.
2: Let's do it, Scott. And I'll talk more tomorrow, my friend, as well. I appreciate you. All righty, Take care. Great stuff from Skyland. And it looks like our series graphic, by the way, just came through from my good friend uh, A-U-P-P-L. So hopefully my, my folks in the Big Cock Club Discord are ready to correct any any uh, any errors that it might have. I, I know that's I don't know. For some reason we we tend to there tend to be moments that we miss some things on the on the graphic. But either way, South Carolina taking on the Georgia Bulldogs at Foley Field. Really, really excited for this weekend as as SEC play gets going. Uh, guys, tip off is happening in March Madness. West Virginia, Maryland, upcoming in the next minute or so. How about Furman and Virginia at twelve forty? That's a big one as well. Let's jump back to the phone lines.
1: Uh, Dalton.
2: Dalton, what's up, man? How are you?
4: Nothing much, man. I'm just uh, you know getting my first plays of the day And right now. I got a uh, West Virginia money line uh, Virginia money line, the Virginia two-teamer, I feel pretty good about it, um, that it's going to hit, so, you know, I love that. one of the great times of the year. Yeah, no, March for sure, 90s. man,
2: for sure, it, it is a great time of year, um, so who, who do you have as your national champion? I know you're more so worried about the gambling side of things, but who you got as your, uh, your national champ?
4: Um, my final four is Duke, Creighton, Houston, and Kansas.
2: Um, Great, and I have okay.
4: Houston winning it all. Okay, love I that. Have Houston winning it all. Love that. Yeah, I I didn't pick Alabama just because I think they're too reliant on, you know, one player. But you know, the bracket's probably
2: going to be busted after today <laughs>
4: anyway. But
2: <laughs> are <it's>, the sports <laughs> are the sports gods going to allow Alabama to win? That's the question.
4: I hope not. I hope not. But you
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll see we'll
4: oh see goodness. this brings up an interesting question though i mean in your opinion which do you believe is the better product mm-hmm. the men's college baseball tournament or the the march madness men's college basketball tournament
2: i mean there's nothing like march madness i'm, I'm really trying to take my bias out of it too that you know i'm, I'm a baseball guy by default i mean I, I i'll be honest with you i know it sounds crazy but You know, I filled out a bracket, but I literally did it 20 minutes ago. But uh, I think March Madness is awesome. But to be completely transparent, am I making it a point to to go out of my way to watch any of the basketball games today? Not really. I mean, I'm I'm not gambling on any of the games. The Gamecocks are not playing. So, you know what I mean? Like, I I just – admittedly I'm not as invested in March Madness as maybe I used to be especially when I was gambling on sports man I mean I, I would take off of I would take off of work when I work in the corporate world and sit there and watch the games all weekend and and be putting action on different games and stuff like that so admittedly I, I'm not as invested and I've already said before like I'm not a huge basketball guy I mean I'll, I'll definitely watch some of the games don't get me wrong because why wouldn't you but I'm I'm just as excited for SEC baseball to begin tonight Like, I'll I'll probably be watching those games. Bama, Florida, and A&M and LSU. Like, I'm I'm just as excited to watch those as well. So, you know, I I don't know. But I I have to take my bias out. I mean, there's nothing like March Madness, dude. There's nothing like it. I think the college baseball postseason is incredible. I love it. But, I mean, dude, you're talking about March Madness games literally from noon to midnight. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it's hard to compete with that.
4: The one thing thing about the uh, college baseball postseason that I wish, you know, the NCAA would try and market more, which I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. now that they're having a new president, they may do it. But I feel like if it was more accessible to the mass public, then I feel like it would get more attention because it, it is definitely an awesome product. I mean, the fact that there are just as many upsets, if not more upsets, you know, in the in the college baseball postseason, and in the you know men's basketball postseason, it it's it's certainly something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, seeing as the Gamecocks will probably be playing in that tournament, and <laughs> we're not playing in the one right now, then you know that that has me excited too. But uh, you know, do you think Lamont Paris can can get us back to uh, March Madness? You know. Yeah, in a couple of years. That's how, the, many, how many? Yeah, years that's do you that's the question say? I
2: posed right on social media this morning. Is, is with it all starting? How many years until Lamont Paris has the Gamecocks there? And I, you know, I, it's it's tough to answer. I I hope sooner rather than later. You know, I I'd love to selfishly uh, cover South Carolina in in March Madness. I mean, I'm, I w- even if you don't make a Final Four run, I would just love to have basketball. I know we all would. We'd love to have basketball to talk about this time of year. Um, it just feels like the same old thing over and over and over. Like I, you know, I've got that time hop app, right. That shows you what you posted a year ago to the date two, three, four. And it's, it's so wild. I see some of the videos and tweets I was putting up two, three, four years ago about basketball. And I'm like, dude, I was saying the exact same thing, the, like the exact same thing. And I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired almost, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I hope I, it's sooner rather than later. I really do.
1: I
4: understand that, like, basketball isn't necessarily a priority to donors. Like, mm. I, I feel like the fan base cares probably much more about football. They're more willing to put money into NIL for football. And seeing as NIL such a big part of recruiting, mm. you know, it, it's just – I, I want to be able to see South Carolina in the tournament, and I want to see – us play meaningful games in February and March but you know it just seems like the landscape is even going to be tougher now to get that right
2: well for sure and, and I'd say this I mean I, I you know we all saw in 2017 what having a great basketball product can do for your school I mean it helped the Gamecocks tremendously uh, across the board so uh, you know I, I hope we get there I, I really do it would be a lot of fun I mean I, I've always said this I mean it is is basketball the number 1 sport at South Carolina absolutely not it's not right and it never will be but gamecock fans love their basketball and I, I, gamecock fans love their teams period but if South Carolina was putting a winning product on the floor you would see cla packed you would see people talking about basketball more and being invested in basketball i mean dude i i would i would love to be doing live stream watch alongs for basketball and tailgates for basketball and and, and, and you know what I mean? Like really being invested, but like this past season, it was just like, I'm not going to sit there and, and beat a dead horse. And and nobody really wants to hear about a team that's a four win conference team. Like nobody does. You know what I mean? And, and you're not a bad fan for that. It's just nobody wants to discuss that. So, but uh, that doesn't mean Gamecock fans don't love basketball and, and, and wouldn't support a winner. I mean, just look at what Dawn Staley's built. Look at what Dawn Staley, I bet you CLA's packed tomorrow. I bet you CLA's packed this weekend for them. So um, if you build it, they will come, right? So hopefully Lamont Paris, again, like I mentioned, sooner rather than later, will have us to that point.
4: And I mean, I, I uh, would recommend you go listen to this interview. But Kerry Rich, one of the uh, one of the staffers uh, for the basketball program, was on one of seven point five doing an interview yesterday, and he said that uh, you know Lamont Paris, he believes Lamont Paris can bring a winning product to South Carolina. You know, he, he allows his players to do what they want to do. Mm. Um, his style isn't as restrictive as, let's say, Frank Martin. Um, that's what a lot of recruits have, have said to the media so far. And, I mean, he he certainly seemed to be an excellent recruiter at, at Wisconsin from what everybody has said. So, you know, in, in year one, this roster, he really didn't have a whole lot of time to get it put together. Mm. And I would say that towards the end of the year, they were playing a lot better and they were at least, you know, being somewhat competitive, although they didn't really, you know, get any wins, but I certainly think <laughs> if you give Lamont Paris, you know, one or two more years, he can have us at least competing for the slot, you know, in the tournament, either the NIT or in the NCAA tournament. But, uh, You know, the whole, like, would firing Frank or or keeping him would that have got us there this year? You know, I I certainly don't believe it would have. You know, I mean, he got us there one time out of 10 years. Granted, that one time was, you know, our most successful run in school history. But, you know, I I feel like you kind of had to have a change even if you took a step Mm backward from a program standpoint in order to hopefully gain, you know, longer-term success in the
0: future.
2: Yeah. I agree. I agree with you, man. It, it, it's, it's easy to look at, I guess, you know, who left and, um, you know, just the move that was made and obviously how this season went and, uh, you know, and say, well, we'd have been in this position if this would have – but you don't know. You don't know. It, it, it might have been the same old, same old. You know what I mean? And there was a lot of evidence to back up that it would have been the same old, same old, you know? So, it's, uh, you know, it, it worked out how it worked out. Now people have just got to give Lamont Paris a chance, bottom line. You got to give him an opportunity.
4: Yeah, let the homie Lamont cook.
2: That's it. That's the it. The homie Lamont's cooking up some some doves next year. I feel it. That's it. Let him cook. Let him cook, my friend.
4: All right, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking my call, and uh, you have a good one.
2: Dalton, enjoy your day of college basketball, my friend. Enjoy the weekend as well. All right, you too. Yeah, man, take care. Great stuff from our friend Dalton. And uh, the games have gotten underway. West Virginia and Maryland have begun. West Virginia up on Maryland right now. I think it's 11 to 9. Is that correct? Something like that. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Eric Stevenson looking pretty good thus far for the Mountaineers. So, Birmingham, Alabama is hosting that game. Furman, Virginia play at twelve forty. That one's obviously got a lot of local interest. And uh, College of Charleston will be playing at three ten against San Diego State. Let's jump back to the phone lines here. Call from awesome. Will from Dirty Marlow. Will, what's up, man? How are you?
5: Good, man. Just wanted to uh, give my two cents about the Lamont Harris thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, personal opinion, I wasn't a huge fan of the hire. Mm -hmm. I thought that we could have maybe got somebody with a bigger name, somebody a little more established, um, and I'm willing to give them a chance. But this was probably, I don't know statistics or anything, but I think that this was probably the worst year we've had since we've entered the SEC, and I could be wrong about that.
2: One of the worst for sure. One of the worst for sure.
5: Okay, One of the worst years ever. And the roster was definitely a reworked roster, but you had a five star talent guy, number one player in next year's class that reclassified. And in college basketball, one player isn't like football. One player can make a huge difference. And he was a talent. I don't think he was quite, you know, maybe as good of an isolated scorer as some people thought he was gonna be, but he's a good talent all the same. Mm-hmm. My point is is that I feel like that Frank Martin had to go. I, I was in the camp that it was time for him to go it would have been too much to the same but I don't I don't think it makes me a bad fan to just say that I don't think we made the right hire and and maybe I'm wrong and I hope I am but I feel like if things don't progress
1: mm-hmm.
5: quickly next year where we're at least you know not a 500 team in the SEC but close to a 500 team in the SEC that you got to start looking quickly to get a replacement like i don't feel like there, you need to be attached to this guy for multiple years if we're not getting to you know a, a certain point where we're at least mm. competing to possibly get into the tournament because mm. that still has to be the goal even that even though we haven't had a history of that isn't that the goal for every power five program is to get to the point where you're competing to get into the tournament where you're making tournaments every couple of years
2: yeah i mean and, I-
5: and it's like it, that should be our our
2: goal. Yeah, I mean, I you know, Mark Ryan's talked about it that that the the Gamecock fans that have reached out to their show have said over the course of a decade, make the tournament more often than you miss it. So make it six or more times in a decade. Dude, I just say make the tournament three to four times a decade. That that right. that is, and I yes. feel like those those should be considered very realistic expectations. But, you know, I'll tell you this, Will, I, I don't – listen, I, I think the jury's out. You know, I don't think you're a bad fan for saying that you you question if Lamont Paris is the right hire or was the best possible hire. I mean, right now he's 11-21, and 4-14 four and 14 in conference play, and you kind of are what your record says you are. I don't know if people knew this, but, uh, you know, 21 losses. 21 losses is the record for the most losses – in a South Carolina men's basketball season, it's only been done one other wow. time, and that was in Darren Horn's final year. So, I believe right. that's the only other time. I, Frank Martin lost twenty games in his second year. Uh, so, you know, I, I mean, it was a historically bad year for Carolina. There's no other way to put it. Oh, also, Eddie Fogler back in 98-99 lost twenty-one games. So, they went eight and twenty-one that year. A year after they they went twenty-three and eight, eleven Fogler and five. Oh yeah, yeah. he Bird did. I mean, from from '95 to '98, they were nit third round. In '96, '97, of course, they were SEC champions, but then got knocked out in the first round, and then yeah. got knocked out in the first round again the next year. So
5: yeah, I think one time they lost to Richmond in the first in the first round. It was like a when they were like a two five, two 15, 2 versus a fifteen.
2: Yeah, that was a painful, painful.
5: Yeah, yeah but I just want to get back to being able to enjoy basketball man and it's mm-hmm. just like it's just not you can't I don't anybody I'll kudos to anybody that's tuning in to watch that on a nightly basis mm-hmm. because i I checked out
1: yeah. you
5: know what I mean I think a lot of people checked out I mean and I just want to be interested something to cheer about there's nobody showing up to those games man mm-hmm. and it's sad you know we got this big ass <sighs> eighteen thousand. Probably
2: four grand in there to watch for a living. And I, 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 I low key checked out. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, I time. hear you. Trust me. By the way, in uh, 97, it was Coppin State South Carolina Law to The next year, maybe
5: 15, it was a year after the 15 that, just...
2: seed Coppin State beats you at 78 and right. 65. Wow. So, yeah.
5: And that team, man, I they had it was a, I think B.J. Mackey might have been a freshman then, but mm. you had him, you had Watson. I mean, they they were they were loaded with mm. talent. Back yeah. Then. But uh, man, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of talent in state. though. Yeah. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like there is a lot of good high school talent, so it's like we can get there. We just got to recruit our state, and and I mean, look at the basketball program. That's got to give you some some hope. I mean, obviously, if you build it, they will come. Mm. I mean, what did they? They average probably what, fourteen thousand, thirteen thousand a night at the women's games.
2: Oh yeah, I mean a yeah. lot, right? Oh for sure, yeah, absolutely. I mean,
5: so, I mean we'll show up if you're any good. Mm. You
2: know that. So. Yeah. But anyway, hey, you, my friend, take care.
5: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Will from Dirty Myrtle. I mean, listen, you might disagree with Will, but uh, you know, there's there's some fans that feel that way, man. There's just some fans that feel that way. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into an early break since uh, we've got J.C. Sherbert at 115. Uh, He will probably roll basically till the end of the show. So we'll go ahead and jump into our first break on the side. I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, what's up, guys? We're back. taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Thursday, March the 16th, 2023. Again, guys, hope you're all doing well. Appreciate you all tuning in, your love, your support. Got the pups in the studio, making sure they're not up to no good. They're just chilling back here. What you doing? What you doing? Anyways, guys, would love to hear from you all. March Madness is underway. Uh, it looks like Maryland is having trouble scoring the basketball. Also, guys, we've got our friends over at Prize Picks. Be sure to play there. The board is chock full. Should we play some action in the Furman game? Should we play some action in the let Let's go ahead and jump back to the phone lines here. Call from Robbie Davis, Zach's Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up?
1: Um, I like I said the other day, right? The if we can somehow, if this, men, if the men's basketball team can somehow make it to where we're making the we're like making the NIT like four or three times in a 10 year span
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then build off of that and somehow get the correct players at the right time, and get to the dance, I, I do believe that Lamont Paris can do that. I, I really do. And he just needs He just needs, a, he just, needs a, he, he just needs some time, you know. I mean, it's, it's a lot harder to build a winning program than people think.
2: Well, I mean, I, I think you have to believe he can do that, right? I, I don't think you would have hired him if you didn't believe he could do that. I mean, the entire reason right. Frank Martin was let go is because he did not do that, right? One tournament appearance in a decade, is that right. good enough? We determined that it was not. So, again, as March Madness begins today, we made it clear in that firing and in Lamont Paris' hiring that one tournament per decade was not good enough, and it should not be good enough. It should not be good enough. Right. There's no reason why this program can't go to three to four NCAA tournaments per decade. And I understand that that level of consistency has never happened before. But, I mean, you're asking for things, Shane Beamer, you're asking the football program to do things that have never happened before, and you sure as hell don't want to hear me tell you that, hey, Camberline is never going to win an SEC championship. Why? Because they've never done it. You don't want to hear me say that. Right. So why should we apply any different thought process to the basketball program? The men's side, of course. Right. Why, why should I have a different school of thinking? Just because it's never been done before doesn't mean it can't be done. Your past does not directly impact or it doesn't directly determine your future. So I don't see any reason why South Carolina men's basketball can't make the NCAA tournament three to four times a decade. Mm-hmm. I mean, make just make the tournament. Be one of the best 64 or best 68, if you will, now that you've got that those first four play-in games. Be one of the best 68. That feels reasonable. That feels doable for South Carolina. Yeah.
1: That, that is definitely doable, for sure. Definitely. And he's got, like I said also, he just got to get guys that believe in what he's trying to build, right? If you can get guys that believe in what he – if you can get some guys that believe in what he's trying to build and, and have them – Day, I think I think I think we can see a change in men's basketball in the in
2: the future. I think so too, Robbie. I don't think there's any reason why not. Because that's
1: the trick to having a winning a winning program in any sport, right? Getting guys to come their freshman year mm-hmm. and stay, possibly till their junior year. If you're lucky, stay till their senior year. Yeah. yeah. Or if, you're one dunes, kind of... or if you're getting one and
2: done, or if you're getting one and duns teams full of guys like GG Jackson. And, uh, right. you know, but it, but it's really intriguing, man, because Lamont Paris, you know, there's some folks that, that, or there's a lot of folks I will say that really believe in him, think he's the guy. And then I got other folks, and I'm posing the question, how, how many more years before Lamont Paris right. makes his first tournament appearance? I got some people saying one year, you know, 40% of folks who have voted have said two years. Uh, you know, he could make it his third. And then I got some people replying saying, "Where is the never option or never? He'll be fired after next year." So it's people are very split on a Lamont Paris, and there's people that wanted him fired after this year. Well, th- those people are crazy, man. That, that's that's just crazy. Those people are
1: smoking some sort of crack I've never heard of. Okay, yeah, that's just absurd <clears throat> that you want a coach fired after one year. Absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absurd. absurd. Whatever kind of drugs you all have been smoking, stay off those drugs, okay? I'm just – because drugs ain't good for you.
2: Indeed. Indeed, man. Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he can do in year two. We definitely need a massive improvement, no doubt. And for sure,
1: I got us – and I got us taking two out of three against Georgia this weekend, by the way.
2: That's a great pick.
1: I got us winning Friday and winning. And did you say we might? We're probably going to have to do a doubleheader on Saturday. I mean,
2: it's a hundred percent chance of rain all day in Athens tomorrow, so I would expect them to go ahead and make this a doubleheader Saturday. But I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. We're going to play three games this weekend.
1: Either way, but I got us. I got us uh, taking care of business Friday and winning one and winning one of the games in the doubleheader. So I ain't got no scores yet. I'll give you the scores tomorrow. But I got us taking two out of three against Georgia. Love that. Because I don't think, I don't think, I don't think they have the arm to keep up with what we're dealing out there
2: right now. So. Indeed. No doubt, my friend. No doubt. See, I'll see you in about three
1: weeks. All right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Save travels.
1: Save travels
2: for the first one. And uh, as always, leave
1: the dumb shit to me. Go, Gamecocks and go, Lady Gamecocks and do heck with them pussycats in the update. To heck with them. To heck with them.
2: I can tell you're fired up, Robbie. I love it. I appreciate it.
1: I'm ready, dude. I'm ready for tomorrow. dude. Yes, the girls are going to kick some butt and shoot some bubble gum. And when they're all out of bubble gum, they're going to kick some more butt. That's what they're going to do. Okay? Because I, I do believe that Dawn Taylor's going to have them ready to go. If she's got – scratch that. If she's got to get them ready for tomorrow, then something's not right. Because you're playing in the NCAA Women's Tournament, and you've got a ginormous target on your back. mm
2: yeah, we'll be ready to go. I mean, we're 48-and-a-half we're we're 40, we're 40, and and point favorites, Robbie. I think we could play our C-minus game and get a dub.
1: <laughs> that is true. We are favorites by 48-and-a-half. Yeah. I feel bad for teams that, like like Norfolk State that got to play like us whenever we got Boston and Cordoso and all the other ones. All the other players, I'm like, golly, this, it's almost like it's not even fair. Like, I'm gonna probably be watching that game tomorrow, and be like, I'm and probably feel a little bad because mm-hmm. it's gonna be an ass whooping <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if we scored over a hundred.
2: Yeah, it, it's gonna be ugly. <clears throat> it's gonna be ugly. I, I think <laughs> gonna, I think we'll probably I think we'll probably cover too. So. Oh, for sure, for sure.
1: But I'm going to go ahead and get off of here and fix me something for lunch. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go ahead and get my call in before I fix you for lunch. I got you.
2: Well, Robbie, I appreciate you, my friend. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. We'll leave the dumb shit to you.
1: Exactly, as always. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. All right, buddy.
2: All right, man, we'll talk soon. Great stuff from Robbie Davis, as always. We got a little –
1: Come
2: in. I I thought she wanted to be a guest. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, maybe she does. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We got the guest appearance from our mascot. We got the guest appearance from our mascot here. Do you want to say anything? Oh, my gosh. Do not lick the mic. No lick. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. She just wants to play. That's 843-790-3377 here on this Thursday. This is Olive, by the way, if anybody wants to know. We love Pups in the Studio. Pups in the Studio is our favorite. Pups in the Studio is our favorite. Let's see. Into the textbooks as Eddie Fogler went 9-18 in year 1, 10-17. Year 2 took the team to the tourney in years 5-6 and six with a 24 and 23-8 and record plus SEC titles. Yes, things can get better. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Here, I'll let you know. For sure. Um, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Into the textbook. Clem sucks. Lost to Moorhead State last night. You do love to see that. You really, truly do love to see that. No doubt. No doubt. How about this, guys? Let me get your thoughts on this. Apparently, an Auburn player said... Uh, Zepp Jasper. He said, I'm actually cheering for Alabama. I want to see them win. I want to see them have success because they're another team from Alabama. So, would you cheer? What would you think if a Carolina player said that about Clemson sucks in the tournament? I can't imagine. I can't imagine Auburn folks are taking that too well. I I cannot imagine they are taking too kindly to those comments. I I just, I cannot imagine. Knowing, knowing the Alabama-Auburn rivalry, I just cannot imagine they're taking those comments too well. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, guys, SEC play gets going this weekend. South Carolina taking on the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens right now scheduled for friday saturday sunday 6 2 and 3 we shall see if sun, or excuse me if friday is affected because of weather let's jump to the phone lines here call
0: from have a man to accept press
2: 1 to send a dale what's up man how you doing i i'm in line trying to get me some food, man what's going on hi right, dude i'm just hanging out man chilling what's up good Lord.
0: I am coming to say, where do you find these callers, man? where do you get them, Craig? Cliff? I mean, come on. I mean, right, do they just? That hey, listen, they, they just call called,
2: in, man. They just call in.
0: That first lady that called in—I think her name was Scholar. Good God bless her, man. She sounds like she's had some issues and just <laughs> sat on life. I mean, work up. I mean. Sound like you in the hospital, cell I wanna know what room she's in so I can send her flowers. You know? It's just like good Lord. Then you got then you got Dalton calling in or Dalton. Pray this Steve people don't follow Dalton. You, you tell he gets excited about, you know, getting his fortune cookie at the restaurant and he thinks he's the only one that's got a piece of paper in it. Don't pay this pick Good Lord. Then you got then you got uh who is who? Oh, you got uh, the guy from Birdie Myrtle. What's that word what, Boomer always says to the people?
2: Yeah, find, find some joy. His, what his find, name is Find,
0: like? find, find some, some joy. joy. Good Lord, look Lamont Paris. You know I don't know Lamont from Vermont, but this is first year he even I know that not in Tennessee. I mean, come on. I mean, find some joy. Oh, I got calm down. People looking at me in the line at
2: Harvey. Um, oh, you're at Arby's. Okay, you're
0: at Arby's. Yeah, I'm in. Mean, I'm in mean, line. Well, it's like it's like it's like Noah's Ark. Everybody's lined up two by two for some reason in the whole parking lot trying to go around this thing. Mm. But uh, but then you got who? Oh, then you got the Zaxxon running up. I always blocking me. I've been sitting here for ten minutes before I even got up the order. And he, I mean, it's like he knows you got bell beeper on or something. About to call <laughs> in. Here comes here comes Day, the day put us to sleep oh man that's just I don't know where you
2: find these papers. It's is kind of holiday or something <clears> but <throat> I mean I know it's what they call Mark's the Madness but mm. good lord hey listen they they find me my friend they find me oh
0: yeah. oh I, I love the show but this thing like this it just really puts stress on this old heart of mine you know and I got no know the house, I heartache at I
2: Good. Yeah, look You doing all right, BDD? You doing all right, BDD? You going to make it?
0: Uh, I hope so, man. I'm I'm glad what's his name? My guy who has that same last name, my ice cream flavor, call him in later. Oh, Sherbert. uh, Sherbert, yes, yes. Sherbert,
6: yeah, him. I'm
0: glad he's
2: calling in, At least he'll make sense
0: and be coherent about what he's talking about. Good Lord. (laughs) But – I'm just going to let it you, man. I think Rebecca's getting ready to call in sometime soon, man. She's finally warming back up to it. I just want to give you a heads up. We got some we got some new minutes. You know, tank was yesterday, so we paid what we need to pay, so we got some minutes. So, uh, I just want to let you know she ain't forgot about it. I think she kicked in the other day. Mm. So, uh, be ready for that. It's going to be
2: eventful for you, I'm sure. Oh, no doubt. It's always an eventful day, especially when you call in.
0: Oh, thank you, man. I, you know, I'm 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 just here for 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 you, buddy. I mean, like I said, we we this friendship of ours blossomed into something beautiful. All this pollen in the air, I think it's between me and you. You know.
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. All
0: right. All right, man. I don't want to hold you up. It's just like, good lord, these people. And find out what room Sky uh, Sky Skyler's in, so I can send her some flowers. Good lord.
2: <laughs> oh, I will do. I will do. Enjoy your Arby's, BDD. Right, Enjoy your Arby's. Hey,
0: uh, soon as I get up to I swear to God, I don't know how many people are in here, but it must be one person. That's all I'm saying. All right, buddy. BDD out.
2: BDD out. Appreciate you, my man. What a call. What a call. Great stuff. BDD. Whew, I don't even know how to how to follow that up. I don't know how to follow that up. Anyways, 8437903377. Yeah, who wants to follow up that call? Who wants to follow up that call? My goodness. My goodness. Big Dick Dale, appreciate you my friend. Uh, let's see. Anyways, guys. Jacob E says making the tournament's not as easy as it seems. Clem Sucks won 23 games and finished top five in the conference. Didn't even make the tournament. We're gonna have to win 20 plus games to even have a chance. Yeah, for sure. Austin Greer says go Furman. I guess I could have the uh the March Madness games on it's 12 to 7. 12 to 7, Virginia, right now. Whatever. We don't, I mean, yeah, Clem Sucks had some really bad losses, those quad four and quad three losses. And of course, we had a lot to say in that. So we had a lot. Wow. So, Mark Ryan has got College of Charleston and Furman both advancing, and Furman heading to the Sweet 16, losing to Alabama. How about it?
7: Uh, let's see.
2: Anyways, guys, J.C. Sherbert will join us at 115. Of course, we'll talk a little bit of spring ball. Uh, we'll talk uh, baseball, everything to do with the Gamecocks, a little bit of March Madness. By the way, guys, I don't know if you saw this. Details revealed an incident that led to three South Carolina football freshmen facing gun charges and suspensions. In case you missed this, this is coming from the Greenville News, greenvilleonline.com. It says records obtained by the Greenville News. that Three South Carolina football players were suspended Remember, the third are facing charges. For- Related to the illegal possession of an AR-15 rifle. AR-15 rifle. Anthony Rose, a freshman safety who of the 2022 season, was booked in the Alvin S. Glenn Center in Columbia on February the 6th at 9.30 p.m., according to a booking report. A warrant for Rose's arrest issued February the 6th states that at approximately 7.18 p.m. on January 25th, University housing staff observed and photographed an AR-15 rifle in Rose's campus apartment at 650 Lincoln Street during a health and safety check. The weapon was reported to university police who responded to Rose's apartment. The warrant states that his officers waited for Rose to answer the door. He threw the rifle out of a window and into a common area. It added two associates of Rose can be seen retrieving the rifle from the common area and one is concealing it in his pants. The warrant states that the officers reviewed video footage that corroborates the incident. Rose was detained on two charges, contributing to the delinqu- delinquency of a minor and carrying or displaying a firearm in a public building or adjacent area. A personal rec- recognizance bond was set at $20,000 and Rose was released on bond February the 6th. Freshman Montague, Rames and Cameron Upshaw, both early enrollees of the class of they were all suspended. Rames was arrested and booked at 929 AM. He was charged. He obstructing justice and carrying weapons on school property. A warrant issued February the 3rd for Rame's arrest states that he retrieved an AR-15 from a courtyard after it was thrown from an apartment window, so he was the one that got the AR-15. It added Rame's concealed the rifle in his pants and left the property in a minor co-defendant's car. Rame's were released on personal bond, $10,000 for the 3rd. According to a booking report, Upshaw was charged with possessing a weapon on school grounds, obstructing justice. A petition filed in the 5th Judicial Circuit Family Court by USCPD US Officer Jacob Graff reiterated that an adult co-defendant code hid the rifle in his pants. Both left the property in the car belonging to Upshaw. Petition states that Upshaw corroborated the story in a January 30th interview Also, all states' university police ex- executed a lawful search warrant on Upshaw's iPhone, which revealed text conversations regarding the incident referencing multiple firearms being stored at the 650 Lincoln property. Uh... Anyways, okay, so that's the details that have been released, and it's an unfortunate situation because they're probably all done. Anthony Rose for sure is is donezo, and I just don't know if, you know, again, Beamer has said multiple times, it is out of his hands. It is a university issue. It is not just a football team issue. It is a university issue. Uh, Let's see. So, anyways, you hate to hear it. Anthony Rose, Montague, Rames, Cameron Upshaw, have they played? <clears throat> and some of them haven't even played yet. You know, say have they played their last downs or have they worn the garnet in black for the last time? We shall see. Brendan, what's up, man? What's going on? Brendan, appreciate you. What is going on? As we turn to 1 o'clock, our second hour, J.C. Sherbert will join us. At one
7: fifteen,
2: let's see. J.C. Sherbert joining us at one fifteen. I know the Upstate is 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 very excited for. Furman, right now, who's taking on Virginia. It is seventeen to seven, Virginia early over Furman. So
7: let's see.
2: Anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Again, really excited for this weekend. Gamecocks taking on the Georgia Bulldogs. I think it's really interesting. Georgia is TBA on Sunday, so this kind of reminds me truly of the Clemson-Sucks series, in which you felt like, you know, I think Georgia's a much better ball club. They're certainly much better swinging and hitting three thirty-seven right now. Uh, but pitching depth, I think, is probably where you have the greatest advantage this weekend. You know, both these teams have been red hot offensively. Both these teams have fantastic frontline starters. Look at Georgia, Jaden Woods and Liam Sullivan, who will pitch in game two, who I think is probably their best arm. He's 3-0 with a 0.44 ERA. But still, you feel really good about the advantage you have on the mound. And I think it's pivotal. I think it's critical for South Carolina offensively to continue showing that patience that they've shown all year. Because I think if you can get into that dog's bullpen, and I think the deeper you get into their pitching staff, the more the matchup swings in your favor, if you will. And I think you'll be able to expose Georgia's lack of depth, especially in that bullpen. So being patient, continuing with the approach that Monty Lee has instilled. I think if you do that, you know, I'm not exactly sure the power numbers are going to be there this weekend. I don't know that you're going to hit double digit home runs or how many exactly you're going to add to your, your nation leading total, if you will, But I think you'll be able to have a lot of success swinging the stick if you are patient and, again, get deeper into that pin and knock those starters out as quickly as possible. So patience. Patience is the key word for the Gamecocks' offensive attack this weekend. Uh, Really excited, though. Really, really excited. I mean, Jaden Woods and Liam Sullivan are two of the best in the SEC. Watching them go up against Will Sanders um, and Noah Hall is going to be a lot of fun for sure. Going to be a lot of fun for sure. Guys, the women's basketball team gets going tomorrow. Uh, surprise, surprise, I'm picking South Counter to win it all. Picking the Game Talks to win it all, no doubt. Anyways, guys, let's see. eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. That's 8437903377 here on this Thursday. How many of you guys are watching March Madness right now? Anybody? Anybody got the games on? Does anybody have the games on right now? I've actually got it on another screen here. Uh, 28 to 26. Let's see. This might be, might need to refresh this. No, nope, this is right. 28 to 26. West Virginia over Maryland right now. Virginia up on Furman 17 to 7. Got Utah State and Mizzou coming up at 140. Kansas, Howard at 2 o'clock. Bama A&M Corpus Christi at 245. Local interest, College of Charleston, San Diego State at 310. So lots of games today, man. Going all the way to midnight. Basically, it is going to be an electric day of basketball. Jacob E says South Carolina needs to take a page out of Bama's playbook and let the kids play. I I don't know, man. I think the fact, Jacob, that it happened on campus is is where it's it just gets really really tough. I think that's where it gets pretty tough.
1: Mm-mm, let's see.
2: Let's see trying to see what D1 baseball's got to say about this week. And I'm sure tomorrow they'll drop all their picks and stuff like that. I figured they will have it they would have it today though. Um hmm. Anyways, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure they'll have something later. They actually had Michael Lanana of the State on their podcast to talk South Carolina baseball, so I guess my number got lost. I don't know. I guess they lost my number. <laughs> Let's see. Jacob E, I see Rose being gone. I think it's too much to keep the other guys off. We just, you know, Jacob, we don't know right now. We don't know. It's it's all pure speculation. It's all pure guesswork. I'm I'm not hundred percent sure, obviously, what's going to happen, but uh, you know. Austin Greer says they're gonna ball out in JUCO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they I mean that seriously they will cuz they're still talented players. They're still very talented players, right? Um yeah, they're still very very talented players.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: Hayden Hurst is back in the Carolinas. How about that? Hayden Hurst back in the Carolinas. Hayden Hurst has a majestic beard, folks. I literally just tweeted it as well. His beard is wild. His beard is like Anyway, <laughs> from one bearded man to another, Hayden Hurst has a phenomenal beard. David says, how big of a loss will it be? What if those three guys don't don't return? Um, I mean, it, it'll suck, but I, th- I think South Carolina will be fine. I think the Gamecocks will be fine. By the way, guys, really excited at 2.30. 2.30. We are dropping our brand-new merchandise that will be available to all of our tour stops beginning beginning next Thursday. The only way to purchase these will be in person at all of the Carolina Alehouse locations at all of our tour stops. So, again, really excited. Going to be T-shirts. We're going to feature brand-new Beamer Ball to the Moon 2023 tour shirts, if you will. So, you will see at 2.30 when we drop them. Really, really big-time stuff. Really exciting stuff. I cannot wait to uh, get going on the tour and to to provide this merchandise. is, I think, a value add to those who are willing to come out and show love and show support. I think it's going to be really, really cool. Guys, that being said, hey, let's go ahead and jump into a break. On the other side, we're getting J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks. The Big Spur, really excited to chat with him. Uh, that plus your questions, comments, and calls. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Here on this Thursday, just a couple minutes away, we'll have J.C. Sherbert join the show. Uh, Excited to get J.C.'s thoughts and everything else going on with Gamecocks athletics. Of course, March Madness getting underway. Really excited. Always a pleasure to chat with him and talk ball. Also, I want to say thank you to J.C. and company for having me on Inside the Gamecocks this morning. I always enjoy my conversations there and making an appearance on Inside the Gamecocks. How about Dens are on a 7-0 run? Furman on a 7-0 run to pull within two of Virginia. 19-17, to that score right now, I believe. Uh, let's check it. 19-17. to 21-18 now, Virginia up. Maryland up on West Virginia at halftime. 32-30, to I believe Dalton has got the Mountaineers money line. So hopefully Eric Stevenson can get the boys, uh, get the boys going in that second half. So I think Dalton needs them. I think Dalton needs them. Anyways, <clears throat> let's see. Seventy six Gamecock just saw the Dawn Staley Gamecock women's basketball led Under Armour commercial. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's incredible, man. I mean, it's it's. What Dawn Staley's done to turn not just Gamecocks wins basketball, but herself, and um, you know, to be sort of an icon, right, like a national figure. It's really cool. It's really, really cool, and obviously it helps South Carolina tremendously. But it's just a, it's just a neat thing to see. So, anyways, I'm uh, yeah, it's, that's really neat. I I also saw that commercial. So, let's see. I was asked about. From the Big Cock Club Discord, Chase asked me, your thoughts on Scotty Scheffler's Masters Dinner Menu. He's got cheeseburger sliders, firecracker shrimp, tortilla soup, Texas ribeye steak or blackened redfish and warm chocolate chip skillet cookie. Sounds delicious to me, especially that Texas ribeye steak. That sounds very typical of Scotty Scheffler, who is from the state of Texas. But uh, that is the, uh, the Masters Club Dinner. That will be served on Scotty Scheffler's behalf. So you love to see that. Really, really cool stuff. I, I, dude, I can't wait for Masters Week. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously a golf guy, as you all know. And, and Masters Week is like the, it's the pinnacle, man. I mean, it's the pinnacle. I know Phil, Phil, our guy, Phil, old rugby Phil, he loves golf, loves Masters Week. No, Phil would always give me crap though, because he's not a golf guy. And I'll, I'll just sit there and I'll be rocking the mat. I'm excited, man. April's going to be a really, really fun month for us, and we're going to be all over the place. So I know, as always, you guys, you'll rock and roll with the punches and be patient with us because I I will be on the road a lot. There will be a lot of shows not done in studio. Um, You know, I can tell you I'm I'm taking a family beach trip. I'm going to Hilton Head, going on a cruise. We'll kind of be all over the place in the month of April while also doing the tour, while also covering SEC baseball, going to be a lot of fun. The month of April is going to be a blast. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Like I said, it's one and every Thursday he joins us. J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks of the Big Bigger joins us live. J.C., what's going on, my friend? How are you?
6: Hey, uh, great to be with you today, Chris. Just wrapped up. Uh, we went overtime a little bit on the show today. We had Patrick Davis on, and uh, boy, I kind of felt like I was hosting Rockline there for a while, and it's, it's kind of refreshing sometimes to – Get a different subject, start talking music a little bit. But, of course, we talked about the Gamecocks as well. He's a big Gamecock fan, obviously. But uh, great interview, and he's got a concert coming up in Charleston and one in Camden coming up, too. So um, be sure to check that out, folks out there that like Patrick Davis.
2: Yeah, PD's a legend, man. I've actually got a signed record of his in the studio, and we had him on the podcast a couple of years ago. So great Great gamecock, great musician, and a great person all around. JC, uh, l- let's let's go ahead and get into it. We'll start with this, Is obviously this this today begins a, a you know one of the most electric weekends in sports. Some would argue it's the best weekend in the calendar year in sports. The NCAA tournament, March Madness, getting going. We're looking at some of the games right now: West Virginia, Maryland. You know, Furman playing Virginia tough. But it brings me to this question, and JC, I posed this this morning for South Carolina. Uh, you know how long, right? I think that's all the question we have. How long before the Gamecocks are dancing yet again, it feels like it's been a very long six years or so. If you can believe it's been that long since South Carolina made that historic run in the final four. And, you know, I, I I think it's realistic to believe that the Gamecocks can appear in the NCAA tournament over the course of a decade, three to four times. I think that's realistic expectations. You know, a lot of folks say make it more time than you miss it. But, uh, you know, when you view the Gamecocks basketball program, do those expectations feel realistic to you? Because to those who balk at it, I say, well, we're asking Shane Beamer and South Carolina football to do things that have never been done. So why is it unfair to ask men's basketball the same? Your overall thoughts on that and how soon do you think we'll be seeing the Gamecocks back in March Madness?
6: Well, I, I think there's, you know, for guys like me, and I'm a little older, and you know, I'm 46, you know, when I grew up, you know, I mean, I was born in 76, two year, uh, two years removed from the Gamecocks' um, last tournament appearance before 89, um, so I was like, what, 13? So that was a 13-year gap there. <laughs> uh, but I, won't, you know, the, the folks my parents' age kind of went to college during the time where they were a national power, uh, during the Maguire era, the Gamecocks, of course, were in the ACC, um, really... Shoot, if if it hadn't been for the way the uh, rules were set up back in 1970 where, you know, if you didn't win the conference tournament, you didn't go to the NCAA tournament, which I I think was probably pretty dumb back then. But, uh, you know, they lost the finals uh, of the ACC tournament. They had gone 14-0 and in the league. They were ranked number one in the country. Uh, That team probably in the format now would have gone to the final four and played UCLA and – I think Lou Alcinder and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was on the team at that point, but uh, that was when UCLA was, you know, number one, winning all those championships. Uh, And so there's always been the belief that South Carolina should be good at men's basketball. The problem was when they left the ACC, they kind of went through the wilderness for a while. It's hard in basketball when you're an independent, no automatic burst. They got in the Metro and, you know, that wasn't exactly, although there were some really good basketball programs, Cincinnati, Louisville, Memphis, Florida State, Virginia Tech. I mean, teams that are good now, wasn't the strongest. So, so when they got in the SEC, Chris, it was 1992. Um, disappointment, first couple of years. Eddie Fogler gets there and he starts building the program. Yeah. Well, the Gamecocks are five years into the new league and they win it. And then the next year they went 23. And then back to back. Now they lost as a two seed and a three seed. So that stunk. But the consensus was there, okay, this, this can happen at South Carolina. Uh, that's why they built the Colonial Life Arena, because I think every everybody involved at that point was like, Carolina basketball's back, you know, because they're only like, you know what, uh, 20 years removed, 18 years removed when Fogler took the job from being really good. Well, <laughs> the bottom falls out. Recruiting changes in that sport from high school, just like football is, to AAU. A, it's all AAU, AAU. Fogler wanted no part of it. got the team back to 500, Dave Odom comes in. Dave Odom's kind of a a find it and plug and play guy. Odom could never figure out the SEC. Uh, That's why you had two NIT championships and a third runner-up because he would win in the non-conference. You know, they go play Kansas and lose by one at Allen Fieldhouse or whip NC State or whoever. Couldn't figure out how to beat Auburn. Auburn wasn't very good then. Couldn't figure out how to beat Mississippi State, you know. So that happened. Odom was probably there a couple years too long. And, and this is when it really starts to get bad because you now you have this big arena. You can't, you know, people are starting not to come. Horn's first year was an anomaly. That team won 21 games with Devin Downey, Sam Frederick, what have you. Won the SEC East. There were still divisions. I think I think that was the last year of divisions. So South Carolina's actually the last SEC East winner. Strength of schedule, kept them out of the tournament. Uh, Horn, nosedive. Okay, so at the same time this is happening. Right. Don Staley starts to ascend. Right. And then football is in its prime, winning 11 games a year under Spurrier, winning the SEC East. Baseball is winning national championships. So where's men's basketball? Well, Frank Martin's got a bunch of guys that, you know, the gang that couldn't shoot straight. He's eking out 14 wins. Right. Um, but Frank got it going. And, and Frank reached his apex uh, with the final four. Um, unfortunately the year before, I think they got screwed, but I think looking back, I'll trade that for the I'll trade that final four run for, for getting screwed the year before. And and, and so then the the expectation was okay. Carolina basketball is going to be back. Um, the problem was by the time the final four happened, you had a whole like generation of game content, like a whole 10 year stretch where other sports on campus were rolling Mm -hmm. and men's basketball was. Awful, you know, and you got these nine o'clock tip offs. I mean, nobody cared. I mean, and and so all these alums that graduated from Carolina between like 07 and 2015, they're like, oh, well, you know, when I was there, they weren't that good. So the magic kind of came back one month in 2017 and then went away. Uh, And and so it's become a harder and harder job as time has gone on. Now, is it realistic? I, I think it is. It's just never happened. Um, I, I think that, uh, a, a lot of things that Frank Martin did were really good. Frank was the only coach that's figured out how to win in the sec. Uh, shoot, he'd go finish fourth in the sec and not make the tournament cause he's 500. Right. Um, and things like that. Um, uh, you know, maybe Lamont Paris is the answer. Maybe Lamont Paris isn't, um, he's got to get players in there, um, which is a whole different set of <laughs> problems. But, uh, I do think that, whether or not Paris works out, there still is that notion there, Chris, that, that, okay, this program, it was a different era of basketball in the seventies and late sixties. However, they were once a national power. Um, And there is a team in school history that went to the final four, which is probably the greatest. Well, it it is. It's the greatest accomplishment uh, for a team in a revenue sport. There's only two revenue sports, obviously, but uh, in, uh, you know, football or men's basketball, football would, would have been the SEC championship game birth. So mm-hmm. going to the Final Four is huge. And and, and so I, I do think there's still, you know, the smolderings or the, 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 the ruins, I guess, of a once great program now, you know, will, will Rome rise again? I don't know. You know? <laughs> I mean, it did, if you look back through history, Rome rebuilt, you know, in different forms and stuff like that. But, uh, I kind of, you know, the, the the ruins of this program, so to speak, uh, are starting to get older, you know, because like a lot of the folks that were alive during the McGuire era are dying off. Uh, hardly anybody remembers the ACC era anymore. South Carolina has been the SEC for 31 years. They were only in the ACC for 19. Um, it's tough to get in state talent to stay at home. Um, so how do you, how do you make that happen? I, you know, I I wish I had the answer. Other than, hey, you got a coach now. Try this guy, and if it doesn't work, rinse, repeat, the cycle. But but to your to your original point, is it realistic? Yeah, I, I do. I think South Carolina fans will rally rally around men's basketball. I mean, you know, you you think about, it, and, and there's always a chance in the SEC too, Chris. It's like you're not dealing with like these ultra blue blood programs. You're, you're dealing with upstarts, Alabama. Uh, Auburn was god awful. <laughs> you know, Auburn basketball, you know, since Charles Barkley left, you know, they had the one year under Chris Cliff Ellis that was really good. You know, they, they've gone through the wilderness. Well, look, they got the right guy. They built a new arena. They're a good bat. I mean, how many NCAs have they been two in a row, including a final four? So look at Alabama. You know, Alabama basketball uh, has always been pretty good. And I was talking to Wimp Sanderson of all people today because I do his radio show on Thursdays, just like uh, Thursdays are my big radio day, I guess. Um, and he was talking to, he had Latrell Rail, Robert Orr, he never made a final four. Well, now look, Alabama is now, people are thinking they're the favorite to win it all. Uh, so it's cyclical in a lot of ways. I mean, Florida is not what Florida used to be under Billy Donovan anymore. You know, Mississippi State has had great teams. They've been to a final four. Well, now they're back down. So, There's always that opportunity in the Southeastern Conference. It's just putting it all together. And, and unfortunately, there's been so many things that have been tried now that you don't really know what that answer is. You know, you don't really know, you know, because, you know, Frank Martin, before he got to South Carolina, uh, four out of five NCAA tournaments at Kansas State. I mean, you'd, you'd think that was a layup. And, yes, he did lead the team to the Final Four, but he was here 10 years and went to one tournament. You know, and won more SEC games by far than any other coach. So I, you know, it, it's a tough. It's a it's getting to be as time goes on and the mediocrity continues. It's getting to be a tougher and tougher nut to crack. Whereas, you know, baseball and football. Uh, you know, you wouldn't think that about football. People say it's a South Carolina's a great job in football, but a hard job. But baseball and football, you know, you you, you still have that. Okay, well we're one one or two steps away. You know, from getting better. I think basketball is more like four or five, and, and unfortunately, too, it's a sport now where, you know, you want to talk about roster turnover. You're turning it over every single year. Um, so I don't, I don't, you know, I, I I don't have a lot of answers concrete for that, uh, opinion wise, other than you know, captain obvious stuff like, oh, recruit better, win games, you know. Uh, but I, I don't know how you get there because the program right now it, is just uh, like I said. It's like watching. It's like smoldering ruins. Uh, of, of a once great program. And uh, the further we get from that and those, the, that, that air, those, the, the blips of hope we've had the last 30 years or so, the further we get from those, the, the more people just are going to tune it out, you know, cause it's a, it's a great sport and people will support it. But uh, unfortunately the other three major sports on campus and I include women's basketball, that's just totally overshadow it right now because Hey, everybody loves a winner and those other programs are winning.
2: Yeah, and, and I've always said to J.C. that I think Gamecock fans, I know Gamecock fans love their basketball, but but like you mentioned, it's just uh, – and, you know, whatever. It was year one, year zero, quote-unquote, of Lamont Paris. It's, it's tough to tune into a product that was, as, that was as poor at times as that team was. And now you've got to build this team, I think, probably through the portal, J.C. I mean, you, you look at all the guys entering the transfer portal and you lose two this week at the portal that haven't played a ton. Um, you know, you, you've got some key pieces, and I know we got plenty of time to look to next year and everything, but – you do have some some solid pieces coming back, but you, you need to bolster that roster with a couple more through the portal, and uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see if Lamont Paris can do that. So I, I, and the
6: Game Pass lost another one just now. I don't know if you saw it before we got on. Uh, Daniel Hankins Sanford, uh, who was a Frank I recruit, see that. okay? He uh, yeah, it just popped up right when I was uh, jumping on with you. I've got my my Twitter deck open. So I saw that. So there, there's another one. Um hmm. says so three scholarship guys on a walk-on that have departed through the transfer portal so far. So, yeah, I, I think, I think that's how you got to get it done. And, yeah. you know, who, who knows, you know, I mean, maybe look, Texas tech went to the final game of the, of the, of the season a few years ago under Chris beard. And, you know, they put it together with a lot of guys from like the lower levels and stuff. So maybe, maybe that's a way to do it. I, I just, You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, they've tried so many different things and we're in such a new era that it's hard to pinpoint one thing. But I I think you're right about the portal, definitely. Yeah. The portal
2: giveth and the portal taketh for sure. Hopefully it gives to South Carolina more than it takes in this cycle. Uh, let's move into sec baseball jc obviously we're all fired up the game and you know, after a really really successful non-conference start and certainly you still have your midweek games and non-conference after this first start of the season 17 and one you sit right now i don't really know you could have asked for for much better obviously of a start you take on the georgia bulldogs in a series this weekend it looks like it'll probably be moved to a doubleheader saturday game on sunday nothing official yet but due to weather in athens that'll most likely be the layout but either way Gamecocks taking on Georgia, uh, just just things you're looking for from this weekend. Uh, obviously, the Dogs are not a team that is necessarily thought of as one of the upper echelon teams in the conference. Uh, they were not even picked to be a regional team by D1Baseball.com in the preseason. But as we've seen, you know, last year, JC, and I mentioned this on you guys' show, if you want a great example of this, just look at South Carolina last year where – the Gamecocks were not very good. They were a 13 and 17 SEC team. Heck, you can look at Ole Miss too, right? They went 14 and 16 in the conference and won the national championship. So the depth of this league is so insane. I mean, it really holds true, right? We talk about all the time in football. There, there are no Saturdays off, right? Anybody can beat anybody, but that's really true in baseball, right? Where the variables are, there's so many different results and outcomes. So many different things can happen. And uh, every single weekend is a major test. That'll certainly be the case this weekend at Foley Field in Athens. Again, just what you're most looking for from this three-game set as you get SEC play going?
6: Well, you know, I'd I'd like to see Will Sanders and Noah Hall. uh, And, look, I I don't think either one's been bad this year. I think they both are pretty daggum good. Uh, But I'd I'd like to see them come out and have really quality starts. You know, this Georgia team could hit the baseball a little bit. You know, we – Earlier on the show, while you were on, while we went through the schedule, and you know they put up 16 against Georgia Tech and the 10 against Wofford this week. They can hit the baseball, and they've got a really, really good uh, couple of starters that they'll probably roll out Saturday. Because I do agree with you. I in talking to John Whittle uh, yesterday, he's he said he'd be shocked if they played tomorrow just because of the forecast 90% rain all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably Saturday they'll roll those guys. So I'd I'd like to see them get out and get off to a great start in conference play. Uh, I know the bullpen's there uh, in, in case they need that. But, uh, you know, also, you know, continue to kind of be ha- – have the good approach at the plate. Uh, I, I think this year's team's different than maybe that 2021 team. And I think you, you, you maybe mentioned this earlier, too, where it was like Wes Clark just hitting bombs, you know, or Seitler or whoever, you know, bomb, you know. And, and if they didn't knock it over the fence, eh, it's going to get iffy. You know, this team's got some, some more, I guess, double and triple hitters and guys that can get RBIs that, sure, they hit a lot of home runs. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think they're as reliant on the long ball uh, through 18 games uh, as maybe that team a couple years ago was. Because, you know, you, you run into a regional situation and you're not hitting it over the fence, which you're not going to all the time. Uh, and we saw what happened. You know, Gamecocks, as well as they pitched in some of those games, they couldn't uh, You know, they couldn't win because they couldn't score. Uh, I think this year's team has a little bit better approach. So I want to see that. I want to see some selective hits. Uh, I want to see the guys at the plate not swing at bad pitches. You know, J.B. pointed something out earlier on the show, too. Seven for 69, leadoff spot. You know, I don't know. My guess is it's probably going to end up being Dylan Brewer when all is said and done. Uh I think that's kind of why they recruited him to maybe a leadoff guy, but uh, they need to get more production there. You know, obviously, but uh, you know, I, th- I think that's the two things. You know, I want, I want the, the you know Noah and, and West to have you know to really get out there and get after it because you know we, we need to see that. I think, and uh, then the bats behind them, you know, they need to continue to have that uh, that good mindful approach. And if, if they do that and they win twice Saturday, then. Sunday, you got Mahoney and Hicks and all those other guys and Jersey and everybody, yeah. uh, then you're probably looking at a sweep, you know. So, I, I think that's probably the key uh, to the doubleheader Saturday. Assuming that's what happens, I'm not trying to yeah. be the weatherman or anything, but I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if they played tomorrow.
2: Yeah, and JC, I'm not sure if you saw, Georgia is actually TBA for Sunday. So, you know, we were talking about their pitching yeah. depth or lack thereof. And so, you know, you, you – The Gamecocks, you think they've got the upper hand in that Sunday game with the dogs not even knowing who they're throwing. So I I think for sure the opportunity to win two of three at minimum is there. And, I mean, my goodness, if you can sweep, I think that would be – even though Georgia's not one of those upper echelon teams, if you could go on the road and sweep, I think that would be a very, very loud start to SEC play and sort of make a statement to the rest of the SEC that, hey, what we've done at this point – It's not just, you know, we're picking on lesser competition. We are for real, and we are one of those teams that should be being talked about as one of the – you know, maybe one of those top ten SEC teams, one of those teams you find in the top ten rankings, if you will. Uh, JC, move to the – go ahead. Go ahead. Oh,
6: no, I was just going to make one more point. Even though Missouri in baseball sometimes beats Carolina and you're like, why, how, what, when, uh, you do have Missouri the next week, so Mm – Three and O could legitimately become five and one or six and O pretty quickly with a mammoth series against I think LSU's next. After that, so right? it's
2: actually so it's actually Mississippi State Is it, okay, at, this weekend at at Startville. and Startville
6: then the LSU series. Then it's that then LSU. LSU. Okay, so my you've
2: got you've got about as favorable a start a conference play if you could ask for because Mississippi State for whatever reason, I mean, going to start will be tough, but they're not the Mississippi State that won the national championship. They're, they're just mm, not that team. Not even close. I mean, you you couldn't have really asked for a much better start. And, I mean, J.C., to your point, if you can take care of business, even if you just went two or three against Georgia or whatever, you got Mizzou in your home field, a very gettable Mississippi State team, you could be looking at a top-ten matchup between Carolina and LSU at Founders Park in a Thursday-Friday-Saturday series, which would be wow. absolutely electric. Uh, JC, moving to the football side of things, I want to get your takes or thoughts on this, if you will. And we talked about this earlier in the week. But of course, spring practice getting underway on Tuesday. And we've talked a lot about the running back position and the depth or lack thereof and, and just sort of what they're working through this spring, what they need to do moving forward. The carry-on joiner getting reps at the running back position. Of course, that was going to cause some conversation. Your just overall thoughts. On that, and, and 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 where do you kind of see – how do you see Dak Joyner's role evolving going into this year? I feel like, J.C., this is always sort of a talking point because I, I, I feel like his role is still kind of – you know, it's kind of all over the place. Is he Is he going to get most of his snaps at quarterback, at receiver? Now they're trying him out at running back. The bottom line is this, though, J.C., when he's on the field and touches the football, as we saw last season – he tends to make plays more often than not. Normally good things happen. You're just overall thoughts on them giving him a look there and, and how you think his role will continue to evolve going into this season.
6: Yeah, and you've you gotta you got to give him a shot too. Like, like the, what they did against Georgia, which was awful, uh, where you just throw him in there and have him run up the middle on third and seven. That's – you know that was Saturday
2: his like, finest, right there.
6: God <laughs> I was like that. I was sitting there going, oh, "I think God. I said that week." That's the one thing I don't want to see in this game, and sure enough, yeah. you're moving the ball, and then boom. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Yeah. But no, when he gets out there and he can throw it, run around a little bit, yeah, he gets in the flow of things. He's he's a weapon for sure, and and I really liked how they used him down the stretch towards the end of the year, the bowl game included. But uh, you know. I got to give John Whittle some credit because I, I think it was when, in 2020 when Marshawn Lloyd got hurt. Yeah, when La- Marshawn went out, you know, we didn't know. Nobody knew how good Kevin Harris was going to be that year. Um, you know, they didn't even know if he'd be healthy. And then you had Fenwick, who had struggled. Well, they had, Fenwick and Harris had pretty good seasons, uh, you know, that, that even though they were 2-8, and eight, right? Um, John Whittle in preseason was like, I'd move to carry on Jordan to running back. And I'm like, yeah, you know, well, he's about six feet tall. He's about 210 pounds. Yeah, Um, because he's a big kid. You know, he's getting – now he's 6'1", 216. Yeah. Um, To me, it just depends on how natural he looks because the problem receiver with him is – has been – and he's not a bad receiver. He's sort of average, you know, receiver, I think. The problem receiver with him has been – that, you know, it's a new position and he doesn't look – always doesn't look that natural at this position. You put him back there at quarterback, Chris, he just <laughs> does some things instinctively that you go, well, good God, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, keeps his eyes downfield, you know what. All right, so, so that's quarterback. So so how does that translate to play a running back? And That, that would be my question. Um, will he be more natural – than he maybe was when he moved to receiver and tried to learn that one, uh, because I do think he has good vision. I think he's got good elusiveness. I think he's got excellent feet. Those are all things you look for uh, in a running back. Will, but, but then on the other side of it, will he run too high? He can't run high, yeah, running back. You know, is that going to open him up for turnovers because people are sticking the ball? You know, is there a difference with what he does naturally? you know, when he's dropping back and he's kind of got, you know, I can run, I can throw, I'm eluding you know, I'm getting away from pass rushers versus guys in the open field, like a linebacker and all that. Uh, Can he pass protect? You know, those are all questions that that I would have. Um, On the surface, I think it's a great idea because if anybody deserves to play just because of the impact they've made on the program on and off the field and stuck with it, when, when most most guys in his position these days would have said, well, "I'm gonna go play quarterback at, you know, name your school, Marshall, East Carolina, cut wherever." Heck, he could probably go to Auburn right now and play quarterback because they don't really have one, right? <laughs> and I think he'd be probably pretty good at Auburn and Hugh his offense. But uh, he could have he could have left. Yeah, he could have left. The, the 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 offensive coordinator that recruited him uh, was out before he even got here. Mm-hmm. You know, but he stuck with it. Uh, he 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 does well in the NIL space. He's a leader. He's a father. Uh, he he epitomizes what I think Shane Beamer, you know, wants to build with this program culturally. Um, and so yeah, if they can find a spot for him and he can help the team there, and, and he ends up that in, we all go wow, sort of wish he'd have moved to running back a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, great. But but those are all questions I think they have to figure out um with regards to uh will this work or not but i i do want to give little credit because he he said it at the time and i i sort of agreed with him i was like yeah maybe they'll do that but it never happened so now here here we are three years later and uh <laughs> here goes to carry on it at, uh, at running back so i'm i'm excited to see it you know in the spring game uh, hopefully he sticks there if not if he doesn't chris we just know that eh, i didn't really work out in practice he's gonna play receiver and wildcat quarterback or whatever so
2: yeah, JC, I think at minimum, it's a great time to experiment with it. I mean, why not? That's kind of what spring is for. And that leads me into asking you this. Again, you've covered a lot of spring practices for South Carolina, and I'm sure – and you can tell me. I mean, do you feel like spring practices are, are ever really eventful? I mean, is there a spring that you can remember where, like, bunch of storylines are – like, you know what I mean? Like – is is there a spring you can recall where that was happening or is it typically just kind of normal it's it's business as usual kind of just go based off of what coaches are saying Did, did you ever have like a really memorable spring covering the Gamecocks
6: yeah well yeah when I was in Columbia and uh Gosh, when was it? Oh, 08. They oh, used to, have,
2: by the way, they used to have open practices too, because it used to be a totally different dynamic. Who, who the, can forget the, the, the Sperticus practice reports on Cocky Talk? Who
6: can forget? Unbelievable this? stuff. And he was, <laughs> and Spergis was spot on too with a lot of that hey. stuff because I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to figure out who he was. I didn't even you know. I was like, hey, who is this guy? Where is yeah. he? You know? Legend. But, Legend. Uh, we, we, you know, I guess it was 08. I was there from, uh, I guess, 07 to 2010, right back in Columbia. Oh, 2011 too. Uh, for, for for spring and preseason uh, and and they were open and we had to be there <laughs> you know and it drugged, especially you know in, in fall where you're like two weeks before the game and it's like I can't I can't watch this anymore. but uh, and then the 2015 spring practice, I'll never forget because uh, Deke Adams and Whammy were coaching D line and I was used to watching you know Brad Lawing Coast the D line, and you know, Brad, high energy guys kept going. And that's kind of a beautiful thing for those of the love, love football to watch these big guys like running around, these monsters, these af- big athletes. And Brad kept them going, but unfortunately, Deacon Whammy, they're just over there bumping shoulder pads all day. And I was like, oh, they're probably not going to be very good. Um, that was depressing. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, I, I probably the year that stands out the most would be, would be uh 08. The, the spring practice heading into 08 because Carolina had an open quarterback situation. You know, Chris Smelly had played a lot the year before, but gotten hurt and they lost out and didn't go to a bowl. You know, Spurs kind of cranky. That whole loss. She, and I just don't understand these guys, you know, um, and he was leading into what would be his worst team. In my opinion, mm-hmm. the 08 team was his worst team, even though they went to the Outback Bowl for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and Smelly, of course, goes into the spring game and just, just five picks, something like that, and say so name's Tommy Beach or the starter. And, I, you know, I didn't think it was a bad idea at the time. Well, and unfortunately we find out, you know, Tommy's pretty good in practice, but, you know, the game is a different story. Uh, and so that set off like what was – I think 08 was just a, a disaster of a year. It ended poorly. Uh, with three blowout losses, it 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 actually handed Dabo Sweeney the Clemson job. You know that was a tough year. You know all the way around, but but that spring was really really interesting, just from the standpoint of, you know, the quarterback battle because because you know it, it was always Blake, and then Blake would get benched, and they play somebody else. But um, you know, it, it, and then you know th- that team too. <laughs> uh, I think that was the captain, Munnerlyn. Uh, year where he had to start as a true freshman and stuff like that. So there were a lot of questions. And so it, it did get interesting, uh, for a little bit. But other than that, man, I mean, it, it just, you know, it, it, spring practice kind of, I, I don't know. I, I, I tell you one thing I do get out of it, and, and, and you kind of get it. You can kind of get this now with the, with the access, uh, is who's walking out the first with the first team, who's walking out with the second team. And sometimes coaches will say we don't have a depth chart, but sometimes you get a good idea of, like, what's in their mind by who goes out first. So, in other words, like, you know, on um, the first practice, uh, Lonnie Teasley, he marches out all five vets. Now, I would guess that won't be what he goes with, but I'm not surprised he put those guys out because, hey, at the very least, if they hold everybody off, you've got, what, 30 seasons combined of experience on the offensive line. Um and that'll be an older group full of four and fourth and fifth year guys. I I do think things will change, but you know, stuff like that. Like, you know, who's working behind Debo Williams at, at will linebacker? Is it is it will it be Pup is it Pup Howard or would Bam Martin Scott be in front? Well no it's Pup. Um you know I, I thought it was just it was kind of interesting that Desmond Umi Azulu is already second team and Pup Howard already second team. Um rather than uh, putting them at the bottom and making them work up. So, you know, things like that. Oh, that, that one, one other interesting thing. TJ Sanders walked out there because Taka's out, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he walked up there with Boogie Huntley. Okay, so that kind of tells me maybe in, yeah. you know, the mind of Jimmy Lindsey right now, TJ Sanders is a little bit ahead of Nick Barrett or DeAndre Martin or or whoever else. So, I, you know, little depth chart kind of things like that you can pick up on here and there, but, you know, as far as actual football goes, it's uh, it's tough. People get mad at me sometimes because I'll, I'll say, this guy's doing well in practice, or that guy's doing well, or that guy's really making a move. And i don't think people understand sometimes when you cover practice, spring, fall, whatever, it's all in the scope of who's going to play for the Gamecocks this year. Not, this guy's doing great in practice, he's going to be all SEC. Because you just never know. Mm-hmm. You, you never know. I mean, he got may got be great and be the best the Gamecocks have, but then against Georgia, yeah, he's not all that good. So so that's the thing, too. You know, people have to keep in mind about practice. But any football is good football, and we'll just have to kind of take it take it as it comes and uh, consume the info and, and see how things stand after the spring game. Yeah.
2: Going back to what you said, by the way, J.C., about 2008 and the craziness of that year, because we, we had, we've had all those guys basically on the show, Beecher, Smelly, Garcia. That that was also the year that uh, – I'll never forget I was at the 08 – Arkansas game at Willie B. And that was the game that Chris Smelly and Steven Garcia interchanged every <laughs> single play. And I'll never forget, Garcia told me on the airways, he said, yeah, I went to Coach Berger and said, if you ever do that again, I'm transferring. So, <laughs> <laughs> Steven, Steven was the one guy who did not give a damn and would not take the head ball coaches. Yes,
6: yeah, I, it's, it's, I,
0: I won't do it again.
6: I'll it. never forget the 08 Kentucky game either because I'm sitting there and Smelly's struggling, right? Yeah, uh, and so it's like, what's going to happen? And you know, Stephen comes in, and you know, just all of a sudden, complete, complete, complete. throws a ball to Jared Cook down the field. He hits Kenny, led the Gamecocks back uh, to a win up there. And and yeah. then he starts the next week, and they beat, and they almost beat LSU. That's the game Stephen ran over yeah. the the ref, <laughs> almost beat an L, a good LSU team that year. And then uh, then they did beat Tennessee by three touchdowns, and he sent Fulmer out. That was uh former got fired that Monday, three touchdown win over Tennessee. So there were some good moments. I just thought by the time the, by the time it was over, it was, just, I mean, oh, they yeah. just got destroyed by Florida. Mm-hmm. Clemson beat them. Dabo got yeah. the job and then Iowa yeah. uh, took them to the woodshed in the bowl game as well. Yeah.
2: The quarterback room was a mess that year for sure. Uh, for sure. No, yes. And, and the
6: next year people better praise, pray to God that Steven Garcia did not get hurt that season because there was nobody behind him. It was Reed McCollum. Yeah. That was it. That season would have been probably like four and seven, four and eight, Chris. Yeah. And Steve Spurrier would have probably left and retired. I think after the ending in 08 and then he he throws a four and eight up there, man. Uh -uh. So, uh, yeah, yeah. People, thank God for Steven Garcia that year and then the next and, Really part of the next, too. He's he's a guy that deserves so much more credit for what he did than what he gets, uh, in my yeah. opinion.
2: For sure. What a time. And thank goodness to the football gods. La- last thing, JC, before I get you out of here, on the note of spring practice, on the note of, you know, it's just spring ball, business as usual, of course I'm going to ask you what you're most looking forward to and what you're keeping an eye on because that's just what we do here. It opens up the avenue for us to talk football. I thought <clears throat> there were some interesting takeaways from Beamer's Initial presser, some things Dowell Loggins had said yesterday, Clayton White, Pete Limbo. I thought it was interesting to hear that Vershawn Lee and Nick Gargiulo, the Yale transfer, they are battling for the starting center job. You talk about Pup Howard. I think the battles in the secondary for kind of how that's going to shake out with the depth charts. Interesting. Um, You know, who's sort of behind Juice Wells. I mean, I I think if you really dig deep, right, your diehards like us, comments about Lenora Sellers. Uh, If you're diehards like us, again, you, you can dig deep enough to find some intriguing storylines. So, Anything that, that you're most keeping an eye on that, that you're excited or intrigued to see kind of leading up to the spring game and then how that plays out in the spring game? Is there anything specifically you're keeping an eye on over the next couple of weeks?
6: Yeah. And like Lenora Sellers won't be the starting quarterback this year unless there's massive amounts of injuries, but he gets to campus and rolls early after they flipped him. You know, uh, six foot two and a half, six foot three is what he's listed 235 pounds. That's built like a D end. Okay. He, he hung a four, four in the fortieth, four, four. Yeah. Jalen That's Brooks right. wasn't that fast, you know? And so you start the, the, the wheels in your head start to spin because yeah, I, I thought his style of play reminded me a lot of Dak Prescott, but he's much larger than Dak Prescott. Right. And he's probably fat. Dak, Dak's probably like a four, six. So, Wow. I mean, look, look and, and, and the guy throws a nice ball. He's not just an athlete. He's a quarterback, as Beamer said. So looking forward to seeing him. Um, highly intrigued at, like, now, now that we've had the first practice and we've kind of seen who they're running out there, the nickel position. Because uh, it looks like Keenan Nelson Jr. is probably, like he did in the bowl game, going to gonna be the guy that they kind of – look, Keenan – you know, the Penn State people were all like, he's not fast enough. Well, he can play nickel in, in this system pretty good, I think. So looking forward to seeing how he develops. But behind him, Chris, D'Angelo Gibbs was there, ahead of k1 Banks. So that tells me D'Angelo is sort of – because I was told, the thing about D'Angelo he's got to get back into football, like football shape, uh, being a football player. That because he was out for so long. Um, keep in mind, this was a five-star guy out of, uh, out of, of, uh, high school. And he was a five-star defensive back. I mean, they tried to change the receiver at Tennessee or whatever. So I thought that was intriguing. You know, I will, will Emory Floyd or Isaiah Norris or, you know, take your pick. Will one of them be able to push O'Donnell Fortune or Marcellus Dial? Um, how much better will Emin and Smith be, you know? Uh, and then the final part on defense and, you know, and offense is basically just running back and how's the offensive line going to shake out. I, I think the other positions uh, I'm probably not as intrigued by. But the final part on defense, the, 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 the kind of the linchpin, I think, to the defense this spring, what are they going to get out of Terrell Dawkins? Okay, now here's a guy that's been hurt off and on. He was hurt at NC State. He was misused at NC State. He was hurt here all year last year. He is 6'4", 260, and a fifth-year guy. And other schools really, really wanted him out of the portal and we're sad they didn't get him because uh, he does have some upside to some good things as a young player at NC State. If they can get him to a level where he's out there battling, competing, making plays as a starter – Jordan strong comes back and, and, and he's Jordan strong. You know, uh, he'll be back in the fall.
2: We might've lost JC there. Either that or my, my feed is no good. Okay. I think we lost JC there just for a second. Here we go. Oh, sorry, JC. Sorry. I think I lost you there for just a second.
6: <laughs> oh, it's all right, bro. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, so, so that's kind of what I look at. Like it, it, Terrell Dawkins to me is the linchpin to all of it in terms of the returning guys at edge, which is a thin position, but if they're going to cobble it together, I think it starts with that guy. If not, and then they don't hit on a guy on the portal. I, I you know, probably you're going to be looking at a lot of odd front and, and things like that to try to mask uh, that very obvious deficiency. Unfortunately, there just hasn't been a whole lot of defensive ends come out of South Carolina. A lot of tackles, not a lot of ends the last couple of years. Yeah,
2: for sure. J.C. Sherbert, Inside the Gamecocks, Big Spur, every single Thursday joins us. Fantastic segment yet again, J.C., I appreciate the time. Thank you guys for having me, by the way, on Inside the Gamecocks. And, Hey, enjoy the basketball this weekend, my friend. Obviously, the baseball, of course, too, but with March Madness, man, one of the best weekends in the calendar year for sports fans. I, I know you'll be watching along. And who, who'd you say you had? Houston, I think. Houston the winning The Houston it all?
6: Cougars. I got Houston <laughs> and Alabama, and I, I got Alabama, Tennessee. People are going to get mad at me about that Tennessee pick. Uh, mm. UCLA and Houston. And, and I, I was like, Kelvin Sampson's due, I think. I just think he's due. So, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens.
2: Absolutely. J.C. Sherbert, I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. We'll do it again
6: next week. All right. Thanks, bud. See you. Take care.
2: Great stuff from J.C. as always, guys. we got five minutes to go here on The Daily Crow. We'll keep it rolling to the end of the show. By the way, guys, check out the podcast. I dropped this morning. forgot to remind you. Episode 767. I break down everything heading into the weekend, right? Your full breakdown of the Georgia series. Also talk my top five position battles to keep an eye on as we navigate through spring practice. And, you know, like JC Sherbert said, you know, it's, it's spring balls kind of is what it is. You're going through fundamentals, you're installing things. I mean, there's not going to be like, I think a lot of crazy stories that come out or what have you, but still the boys are on the practice field. And I think what it does more so is it gives us an opportunity to, to talk football, right. To, 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 to bring it back to the, excuse me, to the forefront, if you will. And it's always really exciting and a great conversation. Again, great commentary from from J.C. Sherbert, as always. Guys, we'll take uh, a couple more of your questions, your comments, your calls as well. It's funny, by the way, that J.C. Sherbert brings up John Whittle, and John Whittle does a great job for the big spur. But uh, John Whittle has had TSUS blocked since, I think, like May of 2017. It has been a really long time, and I'll never forget, he blocked us when we had like 100 followers on Twitter because that was when Chad Holbrook had gotten fired. And I I was a little bit of a shithead, admittedly. I I was. I was because I was trying to nudge my way in, right, and make a name for myself in in the Gamecocks space. And so we had Forrest Kumis, former Gamecocks baseball player, on the podcast. And he had told us straight up. He had told our audience straight up on the show. He said, "Hey, uh, you know, my my dad knows the SEC umpire Kevin O'Sullivan to South Carolina. It is a done deal, right?" And John Whittle had thrown something up on Twitter. Hey, you know, check this out. Who's going to be the next head baseball coach? It was a you know a, a paid link. It was a paid link. You had to pay. Be a subscriber. And I fully support, right, those websites, and I think they do a great job of the way they've monetized. I mean, it's a great business model. But I basically said something. I was like, I quote tweeted it and said, or you could listen to the latest episode of the Spurs Up show or listen to the latest episode of our podcast, and uh, you could find out this information for free. Well, John Whittle did not like that too much. He blocked not only TSUS, but also my personal account. So, John Whittle, if you're somehow hearing this, my friend, Let's let bygones do bygones. You do great work. I apologize. I apologize. I was a little bit of a shithead back in the day. So, anyways, <laughs> that's, that's the story by why, uh, why John Whittle blocked T-S-U-S. So, anyways, guys, we got the pups in studio. It's a beautiful day out. Feels good to be good. Basketball's on the two. We got golf on the two. SEC baseball starts tonight as well. SEC baseball starts tonight as well, guys. Be sure to tune into it. And the Gamecocks taking on Georgia. Supposed to be tomorrow. We shall see, um, you know, what the weather decides to do. By the way, Bruin Nation. Bruin Nation. Um, yeah, Bruin Nation. How about your, uh, how about J.C. Sherbert? Heaping a massive amounts of praise on your guy, Lenora seller? So, Uh, guys, we hit two o'clock. We'll go ahead and end it. Appreciate you all tuning in. Be sure again to check out March Madness. Check out the podcast. Drop today. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. And uh, if you want to go back and listen to this show, in case you missed anything, you can do so on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Guys, we'll be live, of course, tomorrow, noon to two as normal. Be sure to tune in as we head into the weekend of SEC baseball. Until then, appreciate you all. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.